Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello and welcome to the Empire Rolls podcast, supported by Blue Collar Street Food. Well, I am truly honoured by today's guest on the show. It is one of our greatest ever players, a championship winner, an absolute legend who gave us wow factor every single time he stepped on the pitch at the Tasty Stadium. It is Jimmy King Kebe. Hi, Jim. Hi. Hi. <laughs> How are you doing, Jimmy? Yeah, yeah, very good. Thank you. Yourself? Yeah, not too bad. Not too bad. I see kind of like, you know, you've moved on to this poker world, but we'll come on to that later. Uh, yeah. How are you dealing with the COVID world at the moment? Uh, I guess like everyone else, you know, just stays in uh, as much as possible. Mm-hmm. Try not to mix up with people. I mean, it's quite hard to see uh, your family because I've got most of my family uh, in France. So I can't see them as much. But uh, yeah, I think uh, it's important to stay home right now. And there's nothing else to do. We'll see, uh, we'll see if it gets better soon, hopefully. Yeah, hopefully. I mean, how do you think you would have found it playing in front of no crowds and just kind of that environment is so alien, isn't it? Compared to yeah, you? and I have no idea. <laughs> I, I keep thinking, yeah, uh, I have no idea because I think it must feel like a friendly game, you know, when there's no fans. It's obviously only friendly game, but uh, yeah, I, I never played a, without without fans, so I don't really know. But I guess. This is why you see more goals as well now and more like a result away from home as well, which is quite interesting when you watch the yeah, game. No, you see, it, yeah, yeah, because it's, now it's not such a, a disadvantage to play away from home. So, uh, yeah, it must be a weird, weird feeling. Very weird. Yeah. Very, very strange, isn't it? But let's get back to your career at Reading FC. Yeah. In 2008, January, you signed for Reading um, Tell us through the process of how that came about. Okay, so yeah, as I said, I signed my uh, first contract, my professional contract with Lens. But when I, it was quite late, I, I was like 17. So again, I was quite lucky because at this point, I thought I would never make it football. You know, I was I was playing in a kind of a small club, and uh, I've been quite lucky yeah, to to be able to sign for Lens. And then I, I went on loan in a club called Chateau. So this is like a championship equivalent and uh, it didn't work that well uh, for some reason and uh, the main reason was and it's quite funny because no one knows about that but I wanted to play left wing <laughs> I wasn't expecting that one no <laughs> yes yes yeah. and so at the at the end of the loan for Chateau I basically told my agent if you I will only play if you get me a team where I can play on the left 
Otherwise, I don't play again. <laughs> so my agent was like, what, what the hell are you talking about? Like, you're right-footed. <laughs> you've always been playing on the right. What all of a sudden you want to play on the left? And I don't know. I just felt like I will just, I will just be so much better if I, if I play on the left. For some reason, I, I don't know why. <laughs> I can't tell you why. I just, I just knew. And at the time, I loved like Thierry Henry players like that. You know, when they would play on the side, and I was like watching a lot of video, etc. I don't know. I just felt like if I play on the left, it'd be a different game. And uh, so I managed to find me a club. That was Boulogne. Uh, same story. They, they, they got promoted from a uh, League One to like Championship, and uh, they took me on loan for one year to play on the left. So again, I never played on the left, on the left in my life. My left foot was so bad, <laughs> but I don't know. I just knew that I would be good on left for some reason. And from day one, I just matched the league. Like I was just taking the ball and going by myself. And they were like, "What the hell? Like, where is that coming from?" Like I, I don't know. I just I, I just felt so much so more so much more comfortable playing on left. And um, yeah, so I started playing on left, scoring goals and. I'm playing quite well. And uh, at this time, they wanted to sign me. And uh, I turned down a few contracts. And then I heard about reading in, uh, in January. So again, for me, that's, uh, I went into football quite late. Uh, I was almost uh, about to stop when I told my agent I want to play on the left or otherwise I don't play. So then six months later, reading comes knock on the door. For me, it's a dream come true. So I'm like, oh, this is great. Now I'm going to go in Premier League. But now we have a problem because Boulogne, they don't want to let me go. Yeah. So um, I spoke to them a few times. Uh, they were like, no, like, you know, we need you. We're not one of the best players and, you know, we want to send you, etc. And, and uh, I remember one day we didn't have training. I went to a training ground and I spoke to the, uh, the manager at the time. And, you know, trying to have like a, it was almost like a, you know, that to certain conversation where like you know trying to tell him like come on you, you need to understand that this is the chance of my life and maybe I won't get this again and uh, yeah I remember his discourse was like well you know if, if they hear for you right now they'll be there in six months don't worry etc you know how it works <laughs> I remember at the time I was so pissed off that I went home but home in Paris I took my bag and I turned off my phone for one week yeah. And then when I came back, I told them, if I don't go, I'm not going to play again. <laughs> so this is where I was again. <laughs> so that's, that's quite funny. And um, yeah, finally, uh, Nick Hammond and Brian, they managed to, uh, to speak to the chairman. And that night, uh, they had a meal with the chairman, with the Boulogne chairman. So it was Nick Hammond and, uh, and Brian. And Brian asked had to drink so much with the chairman for him to agree to sign the contract. <laughs> so basically by the end of the night, <laughs> Brian was so drunk. It was just so funny. It was just wasted. <laughs> so yeah, I don't know if you knew about that, but that was a, that was a, <laughs> a quite an interesting story. And uh, yeah, I ended up signing for winning a couple of days later. So <laughs> it was a good night. <laughs> that is fantastic insight there, yeah. Jim. Yeah. It was oh, quite funny, yeah. 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 But again, um, I was playing on the left at the time. So when I signed for reading, I thought I would still be on the left. And then I started playing on the right. And for me, this is where it was difficult then to 
be able to go and speak to the manager and say like, you know, explain to him why I think I should play on the left. You know, I come from a small club in France. I can't, I don't speak English. I don't really go, uh, I'm not, I can't go and speak to Steve Coppel and say, uh, look, you're the manager, but I think you're making a mistake here. <laughs> so, yeah. And then, uh, yeah, I end up playing on the right again. So <laughs> It's worked out there. I mean, you make your debut at Everton, don't you? And you have a, you have a chance to score yeah. on your debut, not that long after you come on. Uh, yeah, to, to be honest, I don't remember much about that game <laughs> at all. <laughs> I don't remember much about the Premier League the first season that I played. I mean, the six months I, I played for, for Reading because I didn't play much anyway. So it was more about uh, watching the game from the bench. And, uh, and yeah, sadly, we went down uh, that year as well, which uh, was not great for the club, but it uh, happened. No, no, these things happen. No, but the next season, you made 41 appearances. Yeah. So um, then you start to really come yeah. into your own and we see the real Jimmy Kebe there. Yeah, let's say uh, that was better. It it was. I'm I'm not. I won't say that it was better for me that we went down, but in a way, it makes it make more um, place for me to to be able to play at this time because you know when you go down, some players they're not happy anymore. They want to go. You have to rebuild and and this is uh, yeah when starter playing me. So uh, again, I would not say it was good that we went down, but at least I. Uh, I then get some uh, some more time on the pitch, so uh, that was good. Yeah, definitely, that was yeah. a crazy season that ended with the playoff semi-finals against Burnley and Andre BK just completely yeah. losing his mind at Burnley. <laughs> <laughs> just, yeah, yeah. Wow. It's, it's funny as well because when you knew when you know BK, is uh, is the nicest person ever. But uh, again, you know, sometimes with pressure and etc. and on the pitch, everything can happen. And for, for some reason, he lost it. But he, he's such a nice guy. So it was a it was a weird uh, reaction that he had uh, on the pitch that day. But uh, yeah, I'm sure if you ask him, he he would want to change that that part. But uh, again, uh, you can't control yourself sometimes. And yeah, that was a uh, that's not the best thing from him. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I really like to play with BK. I mean, he was a, such a great player for the club as well. Yeah. So then we move on to the 2009-10 season with Brendan Rodgers. Obviously, we now know with hindsight, kind yeah. of going on to what he's done. How did you find working with him when he first came in? Uh, it was a little bit different, I would say, the way he wanted to play, because we know that his way now is, you know, passing the ball around, etc. And I think the Reading didn't used to play this way. So again, when you want to change the identity of, of the team, the club, etc., I think it takes time and he didn't have enough time to uh, to put his project in, into place. So, yeah, I mean, uh, how, how long did he stay at the club? He was there until December. Yes, and then he kind yeah. of like got replaced. Yeah, yeah you see, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think that's, that's the problem for managers as well. It's like that they're not given enough time, you know, very often they need quick results, otherwise they're out of the door. And uh, that's a shame because they, they, they need more, more time. But again, football is a business and, you know, you don't know what's the plan for the chairman, you know, if he had other plan, then yeah, you're out, you out of the door quickly. Uh, yeah, I'm sure if he had more time with the team, he would have done much better. But uh, yeah, that was a shame. Yeah. 
No, definitely. It's a brutal industry, isn't it? Football, it just cutthroat. Oh, it is, yeah. Yeah, it is, it is for managers. Uh, it is also for players, you know. Everyone see uh, football, uh, thinking every, everyone uh, earning crazy money, etc. But that's not the reality of football, you know. So, uh, yeah, it's, it could be hard sometimes. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And during that season, it was Brendan Rodgers was saying that you couldn't play at home. So he wasn't picking you for the home matches. I couldn't quite understand that at the time. Why, how that happened? Uh, I don't remember. Yeah, no, okay. So you've moved on. No idea. Of, yeah, I have no idea about this. Yeah. So. Yeah, no, that was a strange situation. But we also had the FA Cup runs that started under Brian McDermott when he comes in as manager. And we yeah. beat. Go to obviously Anfield, we have Burnley, we have West Brom, and then we have the quarter final against Aston Villa. Um, how's it feel being in an FA Cup run when you're a club like Reading? FA Cup is amazing because after each, each round, you just want to play the, the big teams, and you know you can be drawn, you know, Man United or Chelsea or teams like that. So, yeah, you're just excited. It's the, it's the best thing ever. So, yeah, FA Cup is, I don't know, it's, it's such an excitement to play. Yeah, it must be amazing. Then we move into 2010-11 when it all starts to get quite amazing, I think, at Red yeah. Football. Brian McDermott yeah. really starts to put his mark on the team. Just a quick few words about Brian McDermott. What, what do you think about him? He was a man. I think he's a great manager and a great man. I mean, the two was... that like. What he's done for the club as well is amazing. But sometimes people, they have a short memory, you know. They're just re uh, result-oriented. So they say, oh, yeah, you're losing, he's out of the door. But when you see what he's done for the club, it's amazing. I mean, when he took the club from uh, Roger, we were uh, in a verge of relegation, I'm guessing. You know, I don't remember exactly where we were, but uh, we're not, the club was not in good shape. So he managed to, you know, Keep us keep us safe in championship, and then the year later we we play the player final, and then the year later we get promoted. <laughs> I mean, this is a, this is amazing what he did for the club. You know that regularity where you know you that's that's the most important thing. You always want to compete as a player. When you start getting to the end of the season, you want to be either playing for the top three to get promoted straight away or the playoff. You know, when you start being like 12th, 13th, where you can't really go down and you can't really go up, then it gets boring to finish the season because you have no nothing to play for. It's hard to actually like, you know, get motivated for every game when you have nothing to play for. So yeah, when Brian to the team, we needed to make sure we safe. So we play for something. And then the year later we play to go up. And then the year later we play to go up again. So you know all those years they're excited to play for something. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that season works. we finished fifth and obviously have the playoff semi-finals. We get to Wembley. Um, the game at Cardiff, that was just an amazing game for us as well. What was it like to be in that game, Jimmy? Yeah, the, the game, the, so Cardiff was the semi-final, yeah? Yes. And yeah. yeah, and I remember I was injured for yeah. those games I didn't play. Yeah. So yeah, what, as well, for me, watching the game without being able to play, it's like quite hard because... You know, you wish you win, and then if you lose the game, you'd be like, "Oh, you know, I didn't play. What if I played? Maybe it would have been different. Or I don't know. I could have helped the team, etc." So, yeah, that game was amazing. <laughs> I mean, when I watched the game, it's like every goal you just jump and you're like you're just thinking about the final straight away. And you know, you trust the guys as well. So 
again, that year it was not just about Jimmy Kebe or Joby Makanoff, etc. It was just all about the team. You know, you know, if you're injured, then the guy is going to step in and do the job because we had like such a such a good group. You know, not dead apple because this is the problem. Sometimes you have teams where the players who doesn't who don't play, they talk. You know, trying to talk like the manager is rubbish or etc. He make the bad choices. Look at what he's doing. Look at him. He's rubbish. But we didn't have this in rhythm. Uh, every, everyone was together, whether you play or not. And uh, this, I think that was the big difference. So when you go to other clubs, this is where you realize that Reading was such a good club. Like for, for everything. For everything together, it was just such a great club. And it still is, anyway. I'm, I'm saying it was because it's, I was playing at the time and I'm playing anymore. But uh, yeah, it was, a, it was a great, great year. And good feeling yeah, that, no. that we won. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, that final though, it was quite. Uh, yeah, oh. then we get to that final. <laughs> yeah, that is, yeah, uh, yeah. If you t- if you ask me what happened, I would say I don't know, <laughs> because you know when you play the the final, you don't expect to to lose a final. I mean, as I said, I was injured before, so it's never easy as well when you come back from injury and just play straight away, you know, and especially the final. But uh, yeah, again, you know. Brian was trusting me. I trust him, and you know, I told him I, I was feeling good, so I was ready to uh, to help the team. And yeah, for some reason, we end up in dressing room at final down. <laughs> We're like, what the hell is going on? <laughs> you know, uh, sometimes, yeah, as I said, you don't control things, and uh, and um, you have to react. So when you get to dressing room, final down, while well, you can cry and say, oh, yeah, it's over," or you can just think about scoring one goal and see what happened. And that always been the, the message from Brian anyway. I mean, if you speak to him, all message every year was, every game was staying the game, you know, because you, you never know what can happen. And uh, yeah, that's what we did. We get one more, we get one goal, another goal, and then we have a, what is it, Jem eating the post or, or no? Yeah, I spoke to Jem about that. I've spoken to Noel about that. They both yeah, blame I mean, each other for it as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I don't, I don't remember. It was Jem hitting the post, yeah? Yeah, Jem hit the post yeah. and Noel yeah. had and the I mean, score. Yeah. yeah, I mean, if if, if Jem scored this goal, I think we win. We would have won yeah. this game maybe 7-3 because I'm telling you, they'll be gone, Swansea. <laughs> this is <laughs> this is how close. Sometimes football games, this is how close they are. That's mm. like crazy. It's one post. I mean, if he scored this one, then you never know what can happen. Um, and I, I think we will have won the game because for Swansea to be 3 0 three nil up and then 3 3 after like 15 minutes in second half, then it would be, be a different, uh, different game. But uh, yeah, I mean, again, a final, uh, final needs to be won. I mean, what team has to win and what team will lose? So we lost this game. Uh, yeah, I mean, it was quite hard at the time, but uh, I always had that. I don't know when when the game is it's it's over then it's over, you know. So even if it's hard at the time, because you think oh, but if you win you go in Premier League etc. But uh, yeah, you know when you finish the 90 minutes and, and you lose the game then the uh, game is over. And yes, when they go up and then we have to go again uh, next season. So I know it's harder for some people than others, but for me I would not say it was that hard. I mean we we they play better than us. So that does have to win, and that's about it. If you want to win, you have to be better. So we were not this night, and we lost again. So at the end of the was... at, at, yeah, at the end of the day, it's, 
it's just one game. Again, you know, you shall play a final, etc. But it's one game. I mean, how many games we play in the season? You win, you lose, you draw. It's it's one game. So yeah, someone has to win it. Unfortunately, they did, and yeah, it was a uh, it was quite hard at the time. But then you don't think about it. You go on a holiday, and then you go again. It's football. Yeah, no, I can as a, as a fan, it's kind of like yeah, I'm just so used to seeing Reading lose playoff finals. It's just kind of like oh, yeah. Another one. It's kind of, <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's a kind of like such a draining experience but the next season uh made up for it yeah yeah i think it is yeah made up for it. Uh, we made some amazing <laughs> signings we made signed adam lafondra at the start of that season we then yeah, go uh, it was such a great great signing adam lafondra i mean it was a what a player because he's unusual as well to have a striker as Little as him, I mean, he was like quite small. So you're like, like, you play in championship, like, you know, you need strong guys up front. Like, how is they going to hold the ball? But this guy, you just give him the ball in the box, you don't, he's going to score. So, but this is, and this is the funny thing with Lafronde is you could not really start him as well. This is maybe where, I would not say the manager had the problem with him because he didn't. But it's hard when you feel, when you feel that a player deserves to play and he doesn't, doesn't play as much. But at the same time, when you start him, he was not as good as when he was coming in. So that's the problem with the manager. You're like, well, if I start him, he doesn't play as good, or he doesn't, you know, do as much as when he come in for like half an hour, 20 minutes, and just change the game. I mean, every time he come in, you need a goal, he would score the goal. So then you're like, yeah, okay, well, maybe I won't start him as much, but. Obviously, that the play, everyone wants to play, yeah. So, yeah. But uh, yeah, Lafond, what, what a striker! He was an amazing striker for the club. I've got to ask you, Jim, about the game against West Ham. Um, it was a three-nil win. There was an incident. I can see a smile on your face. <laughs> yeah, you know what's coming. Yeah, what's coming? Yeah, for sure. There was when you had a moment when you pulled out the socks. Now, it's been a few years. Yeah. <laughs> Do that with a little bit of a wind-up in mind, or was it just something you did anyway? Yeah, it was funny at the time because no one knew if I did it on purpose or not. So, you know, some people were saying, oh, it's great. And some people were saying, oh, this is disrespectful, etc. And on purpose, I was not saying anything because I like hearing talking, uh, people talk. It's, it's just funny. But um, yeah, no, I, I didn't do it on purpose at all. I mean, it's just that something I used to do, pull up my socks. And... At this time, I don't know why I did it, but I just done it. And also, uh, no players was around me, which is a little bit weird. You know, when you receive the ball, you always have one or two players around you normally. So I had the time to do it. So that, that was really weird. And then he came, I think it was Collison, and just matched my knee. And then, yeah, and then we were the freak against score. It was just, it was just, yeah, it was just great. <laughs> it, was, it was very funny. But yeah, no, I, I didn't do it on purpose. I mean, I, I wasn't that kind of player to, you know, try to wind up people. But uh, yeah, I mean, after that, they were talking about it on radio, et cetera. And, you know, it was, it was just, it was just a small thing for me. It just, just changed into a bigger thing. And yeah, it was quite funny. Every now, uh, uh, even now, sometimes when I go to reading, I've got like people screaming, I put your socks off. You know, I'm like, what the That's kind of funny. Yeah, no, I think it's also because it was against Pam, wasn't it? And they get more attention. And yes. if you've done that against Barnsley, say. Um, yeah, probably, probably, exactly. Yeah. 
Yeah, I love to play about West Ham. I'd love, I love to beat West Ham. It was just, it was just the game you want to play. I don't know why as well, but I don't know. You just love to play West Ham. I think, I think at the time they were very arrogant as well. So it was great to just win this game and the others. Because we had, I think we had so many good friends here, Jim. So many. Friends. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, yeah. it was great to play against West Ham. Yeah, totally. And then in January, we obviously made, there was multiple things that changed the club. There was Anton Zingarevich coming in. We'll talk about that in a moment. And there was also Jason Roberts coming into the club. Jason Roberts made an absolute huge difference, I felt, to kind of the team and its possibilities of going up. Do you think that's Oh, yeah. Well, I would say we we don't have done it without him. This period, it's very easy. You take him off the team, we don't do it the same thing. It's just very easy. At this time, we knew we needed someone up front. So when we when he arrived, he was great, and he was great straight away as well. And the good thing as well is, he um, how to explain. He knew we needed him. You know, when you when you sign for a club, you expect to do well, but it doesn't always work out straight away. But him, I don't know, he could see that. Do you know how old he was when he signed for the club? How old was he? 33, maybe? Yeah, about okay. About yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah, so that's what I'm saying. He was towards the end of his mm-hmm. career, you know. And when you have, like, young kids, or well, not that young, but some of them were, and they look up for you, you know. So then you, I'm sure he was playing differently. That was pushing him to do more. And... I'm sure he never expected to have this impact on the team the way he did. Like, because again, he knew that we needed him. And you know, when you have people looking at you and like, you know, come on, we need you, etc. And then you just you go beyond what you can achieve, I think. And it was just a great signing. That's that's why we needed. And yeah, that, I'm, I mean that run we did in, in that year was just was just amazing. I mean, this was crazy. It's yeah. like it's 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 a weird feeling when you just know you're gonna win. I don't. I mean, I'm not being arrogant, but every every game we're playing, we know we're gonna win. I mean, I don't know the, if you know the story about the song we used to put in the dressing room. Alice. No, it was a uh, it was Jem Karakan. So after, um, before the game, we used to put music often. That's what they do in England. In France, they don't do this, by the way. This is something weird I found out when I come to England. Because in France, it's like you feel that tension before a game. You know, everyone is quiet, like focused, etc. And in England, they just put music. That's what that is going on. Here. Like <laughs> everyone is dancing like, before the, the game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that's the way to prepare for them. And and anyway, so Jim Carrican started to play that music called Big Bad Wolf. Uh I will not tell you to go on YouTube and watch the... <laughs> yeah, I've seen the one. <laughs> <laughs> because it's a little bit gross, but uh, the song itself was quite funny because it's like a... Man, I'm not going to sing right now, but it was like a war. Oh, go on, Jim, go on. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> it was like the big bad wolf. Ow! And it was like, it was animals. And we start playing this, this song and just starting winning. And then we played it again. And then this become our song before every game when, did it, when we did that run. And again, you, you have to listen to the song, but we were like animals before going to, on the pitch because this is the last song we were listening to before going on the pitch. And yeah, I can tell we're playing like animals. I mean, you not want to play against us. 
<laughs> we were so hard to play against. It was a joke. <laughs> I mean, I remember some teams that were saying, you are the worst team we've ever seen. And we're like, yeah, we don't care. We won 1-0. Like, what do we say to you? <laughs> it was just music music in your ears. And Mark Demert was, uh, used to say that, you know, when you hear the other team saying stuff like that. It's just, it's just music in your ears because then you know you're hard to play against. You know, they just pissed up. We do and they know it's going to be hard. So that's the good thing as well. When we started winning, if you have that confidence that you can win any game, then when you lose, when you start losing a game, it doesn't really matter because you know you're going to, you know, if you lose one nil, you're going to score two goals. If you lose two, two nil, you're going to score three goals. So I don't know. We had like that confidence and just like start winning, winning, winning. I mean, out of nowhere. And uh, yeah, I mean, that run was incredible. But how many games we won? 17 out of 23, which yeah, is I mean, just I mean, insane. 17. Out, yeah, I mean, even Barcelona, I don't think they did this at the time because we checked the stats. I mean, that was incredible. And the thing that was funny as well is, uh, I mean, in January, we were, we were eight, eight yeah. on the table or something like that, yeah. So then when you start winning, the funny thing is you look up the table. We have nothing to lose because we don't, you know, we're not in the playoff yet, we're not in the top three yet, etc. So all we can do is just try to win the next game. But then when you start winning, 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 you have other teams that start looking down now. Team like West Ham or uh, Southampton. So if I'm not saying Southampton very well, I mean, my father-in-law is taking the piss out of me every time I say that. <laughs> so, but anyway, they were looking looking uh, back at us. And then there was... It, it was funny for us because every time we play one team above us and we win, we go in front of them. So for us, it was like, you know, that game where, oh, we're looking forward now to play those West Ham and have something game where I don't think they are <laughs> looking forward to play us. And uh, yeah, I mean, those games then, big, big games for us. And we were there every time to, you know, to perform against the big team, small team, whatever. We did whatever it takes to, to be able to, to go up there. I mean, that was amazing. That, that year was... Isn't it? Just oh, do what it takes. That's it. That's it. You just keep winning and winning. And like animals, like I said, I mean, very hard to play against. Like, you know, if we score, that's it. We're just going to defend like animals and then we're going to score a goal. And then that's it. And yeah, I mean, that feeling as well, as I said, when you have something to play for, it's different football, you know, because you just focus about football. You go home, just football, and just think about the next game. You're like, you want to play, I mean, you play Saturday and you, play, you want to play Sunday and Monday and Tuesday. You just, you just know, you know, bring the games. We, we're ready. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm sure it was, it was great for everyone at the club, for sure. Yeah, yeah. as a fan, it was amazing. It totally was yes. what you've been saying there. I was thinking going to these games, we're going to win. It, it's not how, <laughs> it's just when. It's yeah. how it's going to happen. Yeah. And, and it's just incredible. Two games that really stand out, though. West Ham away. Talk us through yeah. that one. That was just a sensational match. West Ham. What was the score, West Ham? Uh, 4-2. Oh, yes, yes, yes. They scored first as well, yeah? Yes. Yeah. Yes. I mean, as I said, always big games. You know, when you go to West Ham, it's like tough crowd, tough players, you know, so it's, so it's hard to play over there. But uh, again, as I said, we had so much confidence that when they score the first goal, it's not a big deal. Because we know we're going to score and we're going to another one. So we knew as soon as we score, then they're going to... For us, mentally, it was not hard 
to be one nil down. But for the team against us, when we start scoring, they knew it would be a problem. <laughs> so mentally it was different. And yeah, that game, again, that just shows what I just said. I mean, we one nil down and then it's two at one one and then the two one, two two, it's like ping pong, uh, <laughs> ping pong game. But uh, yeah, until the end, we fall until the end. And at the end, sorry. And uh, we could have scored more as well, if I remember. We had a couple of opportunities towards the end. So uh, yeah, it was such a great game, this game. And again, uh, did we play West Ham before Southampton? Or? Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So again, as I said, we're looking on the table. Who do we need to beat to go on top? Okay, West Ham. Okay, they're next. Boom, done. And then we look <laughs> at Southampton now because Southampton they know we just beat West Ham. And then this is where <laughs> I'm sure they're looking forward to play against us because now it's like we are the least, yeah, at this time and just rip everything that's in front of us. It was just, I don't know, that was like to, to explain. It was just, you have to, I don't know, play to feel it. It's, 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 it's weird feeling. There are some West Ham so, players that stand out and someone like Kevin Nolan has seemed to have a massive issue with Reading Football Club whenever he played us. I've no idea why he disliked us so much. I think he didn't like anyone. This guy is just, uh, is, I think he, that was the, the strategy. You know, he was always like, he was not the quickest at all. You know, he was quite big, etc. He was not the, the greatest player, but he had that, uh, I don't know how to say, uh, aura. Is that English word? Like the aura? Yeah. You know, yes. He, and yes, yes, I know what you mean. Yeah. And, uh, and he likes getting in your head as well. Because football, again, it's not, it's all about your head. You know, you have to be right mentally to be able to perform. And he was the player that, you know, able to, to get in your head. Even the referee, you know, when you start talking to referee, there is some players that they can, I'm sure they can um, uh, push the referee to, to make mistake. And I think he was this kind of player, like, you know, very involved in the game, but everything, in every single way. And uh, yeah, didn't think like he, he liked us very much, but that's okay. We just beat them anyway. <laughs> Few times. <laughs> I like to play West Ham. Yeah. And uh, uh, Red fans yeah. love being West Ham. Absolutely love it. Yeah. They're yeah. Just, they're a massive club. They won the World Cup themselves. <laughs> they won the Premier League multiple times. They just oh, don't want to stand. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but Southampton away. Um, that cross, Jim, that you put in for Jason Roberts, who I spoke to and said he didn't really like heading the ball, but he made it so easy. <laughs> Oh, you better to head this one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, that was a, that was a good cross. But again, that game, a uh, lot of pressure for them. Not very for us. You know, at this time, if we lose the game, well, we'll have won 15 games. Uh, we can't win every game. And, uh, and we're just looking forward to play against them because that's the one we want to beat to go, to go on top. So, yeah, again, like West Ham, great intensity. It was such a such a good team as well at the time. They're like great players. I mean, the striker, it was Lambert. Yeah, this guy. This guy is like Lafond. If you give him the ball in the box, you're done. So we knew that a lot of threat and stuff. But uh, again, we keep to our style. You know, we don't really play with the ball already. <laughs> we like playing without the ball. <laughs> yeah, this is... But it's, it's funny because this is the way we play. You know, like keep the ball, feel, feel confidence about having the ball and, you know, you pass and around, you're okay. And then you make a mistake, boom, we snatch the ball and we score. And we win 1-0 and it's fine for us. 
and just just the, that's the way that that works for us. So yeah, we knew Southampton would would be a big game, and but again, we were ready like we were for West Ham, and we couldn't wait to play this game and see what happened. Even if we knew what would happen, so <laughs> yeah, that must have been must have been incredible in the changing room after the Southampton match, though. Just yeah. to get that win and know that you're so close to that Premier League again. Yeah, it was. It was. I mean. Uh, when we beat them, where where were we on the table? I think we actually went up to second then at that point. And then yeah, possible, that... yeah. Yeah, possible. And then we were just looking at who is first. <laughs> who is next on the list? <laughs> that's, that's where it was. It's funny because we never look back. And I think this is the difference between them and us. Us, we never look back. Like, we are afraid of no one. We wanted to play the, the top team to be able to go in front of them. They didn't want to play us. That was the big difference. And yeah, we just kept winning after that as well. Like nothing stopped us. And no, it was good. Nothing yeah. at all. Yeah, no, we were top half that game. Actually. But yeah, it's very good. Then we have the game against Nottingham Forest that comes up. The promotion happens at home at Medeski Stadium. There's a last second clearance on the line. But obviously, Michael Laterwood scores the crucial goal that takes us up. Talk to us about Mr. Laterwood and just how it felt that moment. To Mikel? Yeah, Mikel. Ledgerwood, yeah. Ledgerwood was such a great player. I mean, that's a shame he had a problem and he had to end up uh, to end his uh, sky early. But again, such a great, great player, great man. I mean, the team we had, this is just great man. This is crazy. To have to have that many players that get on together, I think it's is not often the case. That's what I said before. And uh, yeah, Ledgerwood was a, was a machine. I mean, the... Really good thing about Reading is we had such a balanced team. Like we had a strong striker, you know, with Roberts and stuff like that. We're like quick wingers, you know, me, Joby, McClary, etc. And Karakan and Ledger, they were animals. <laughs> so, I mean, Karakan was an animal. I mean, you look at his body. If I tell you he plays football, you never believe because it doesn't look like he plays football. It looks like he plays video game. <laughs> you know, but you put him on the pitch, I mean, the challenge he gives to people, you're like, what the hell? Like, go, go slowly. Like, you're going to break your leg. <laughs> and it's just like, it was, and Ledger Wood was the same. And they had a good um, relationship, you know, where Jem was the player who run uh, everywhere. And then you had Ledger Wood that's quite big, so he can win second ball, etc., and just, you know, go forward. And it's just the balance of the team that we had. It was amazing because we played the same way all the time. It was very easy for us to set up the team, like the way we want to play. That's where that's where we were happy to leave the ball to to the opposition, because you know, as soon as we snatch the ball, we we up there straight away, and we get the ball back very easy with Jam and Ledger Road and stuff like that. And, I mean, yeah, he was he was such a great player for for the team as well. I mean, him and everyone else, but yeah, him particularly for sure. And uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. You no, were saying then, that, yeah. No, I was saying, yeah, when you when you win the last game at home, and I mean, all the fans coming on the pitch, etc. That feeling is just amazing. I mean, when you go up, it's just it's just a different feeling. You just share everything, and I mean, championship is a long season. You know better than me. It's so many games, cup games, etc. And you play on Saturday and Wednesday, and Saturday and Wednesday, and you know when you finish top of the league, it's just it's just amazing. The accomplishment is amazing. And again, if we come back to uh, Bayern McDermott, what I've done before, and now it gets the club to a, 
to win the, the Champions League. I mean, this is, this is crazy. <laughs> Why not for the club? This is amazing. Yeah, should be the chairman. <laughs> <laughs> we need to win the lottery and then you can be the chairman. You're removing you know, the tasty now. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, you can go with him, but, you know. Yeah, yeah, join one, maybe. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but that's what I'm saying. He's up there. In Rin, yes, you know, totally. No, no, totally. It's amazing. For managers, yeah. it's him and Steve Koppel, for me, as the two yeah, greatest it, managers yeah. in Reading Football Club. Yeah, there's, yeah. that's it. Yeah, totally. Yeah. yeah, unfortunately, Steve Koppel, I didn't uh, manage to speak to him that much because I didn't speak English. <laughs> when I that's a fair point. In England, <laughs> so, you know, that was like, uh, yeah, quite hard. I mean, I remember when we were doing the, the speech before games, etc. I couldn't understand any word he was saying. <laughs> and I think his accent as well. Even now, if I speak to him, it would be a different story because, you know, when I turn up in English, in England, sorry. So, okay, I didn't speak English. But then after a few years, I started picking up. But then you stay speaking to players like Noel Hunt and you're like, oh, you, do you speak English? <laughs> like, what? Is that another English? Because I don't say what he's saying. <laughs> so, yeah, it's good. I mean, Noel Hunt as well is just this is a great guy. I mean, I don't know if you speak to him, but again, it's just another... It's, well, it's just, that team was just so funny. Funny off the pitch and just doing doing your job on the pitch. That's what you want. You know, that, that, that team where it's just... But yeah, Noel was another character. <laughs> yeah. And we also had Ian Hart as well with that left foot. Just uh, yeah, different. I mean, yeah, his left foot was was funny. Yeah, <laughs> when I say funny, it was not funny for the opposition, but uh, yeah, again, set pieces, etc. Big big threat. I mean, his, his left foot was amazing, and even defensively, it was it was doing his job. <laughs> you know, this is a good thing as well. It was not just set pieces, etc., but he was he was doing a, a very good job as, as a left back. And that the partnership with with uh, Joby, my kind of work. Worked very well, so yeah, he was a he was a quick player. But yeah, definitely. Um, I'm going to move on to the summer period now, in between those two promotions, when the transfers from our new owner, Mr. Zingarevich, didn't quite appear. It was later in the season that you talked about this after a solid match away and question where he was going to spend his money. But so that was, that was the in prom- when we went got promoted, yeah. Yes. Yes, when the yeah. Premier League season. Were you frustrated by the lack of signings? Maybe he had promised that he was going to sign soon. Yeah, I mean, it's funny because uh, very often the fans doesn't know what's going on. And we as a player don't know what's going on. Well. <laughs> so we are the same as you, which is funny because you think, oh, we'll have more information, inside information, etc. And that's not what happened. We, that was weird. We didn't, we didn't know what's, what's going on. But anyway... Uh, yeah, you want to be uh, competitive when you play, so it's the same thing. And uh, I was feeling if you don't buy players to make us better, then we have no chance. That's it. So, again, you don't know beyond the door what's going on, you don't know what's his motivation. Does he want to stay in the Premier League or he doesn't care? You know, you, you don't really know what's going on. So, for me, it was just like, well, I'm playing right now and I know we need. You know something more to be able to compete so are you going to do something or no and i i didn't speak to the press that much i mean you should know that <laughs> i mean i'm not i'm not a big fan of the press let's say you know because i know i always thought that i was doing my talking on the pitch and then when the game is finished it's finished you know you don't really have to know what i'm doing afterwards etc and i don't know i just feel like 
sometimes the press is not good to you, you know, it, you can say the wrong thing or, you know, I don't know, they need to sell paper anyway. So big drama for them is, is happiness. Let's say this is the thing I, I didn't like about the press. So uh, that's why I didn't feel the need to speak to the press that much. You know, again, I was doing my stuff on the pitch and then, then that's it. But yeah, at that time I felt like uh, something needed to be said and, you know, maybe uh, I'll make a change or we never know what can happen. And uh, yeah, not much happened anyway, <laughs> but uh, you know, it's just frustrating for everyone. And uh, even for the manager, I guess, you know, because again, you want to be a uh, competitive, but uh, Premier League uh, is quite a hard, hard league. And uh, if you don't get players to that have experience, then, uh, Yes, you don't have much chance to stay up, you know. Very often when you see a team getting promoted, uh, you think, uh, well, they're probably going to go that very soon <laughs> uh, unless they spend money. And I think that's that's what's happening. Even now, I mean, that's, that's football. You have to bring better players to make the team better, you know. I'm not, I'm, I would not say, oh, the team is not good enough. It's just that, we can we do what we can. So can we have some help? Oh no. <laughs> that was the message. So yeah, that I mean, that's about it. We didn't hear much about him anyway. So we saw him a couple of times when we got promoted and, and that's it. <laughs> so we don't know why he did. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, I mean I mean he had a quite good story, this guy, because he's just he bought a club six months before and then got promoted. This is amazing. And he was young as well. I mean, at the time, I think he was like 30 or 32 or something like that. So, I mean, buying a club at this this uh, this age, you think, oh, it's someone, uh, you're just thinking this guy's going to be like, uh, uh, he's going to want to splash the cash to build a big team, you know. He would be like a kid, like, look at my team, Premier League now, etc. I need to buy players. That's what I thought, and it didn't happen. So, yeah, that was a little bit disappointed, but... Uh, Again, you don't know, you know, what's this story, the finishing of the club, you know, maybe they could not uh, spend the money. You don't know. You just sometimes you wish that they speak a little bit more. So then, you know, you know, because when you don't know, it's, it's harder, I guess. Yeah, definitely. One game I do remember during that season, there was the Sunday match when you got both the goals. Um, uh, first one, the first half, good volley and a header. In the oh, second. yeah. It was, yes. It was a Sunderland game, yeah? Yes. Yeah, I scored two goals, yeah. It was quite funny because I scored with my left foot and a header, which yeah. I never do normally. <laughs> so I did both in that game. Yeah, sorry. Everyone, everyone was taking a piece after the game, saying like, did you close your eyes when you had the ball? Because what, what are you heading the ball for? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, probably closed my eyes. I don't know. But yeah, that, that game was a great feeling. I scored two goals. And... But again, yeah, we did what we could with what we had. So that's all you can do. That's, that's about it, yeah. I mean, yeah, uh, it was also the time when uh, all the players from France seemed to be going to Newcastle. And this was right at the beginning <laughs> of <laughs> social media. Uh, yes, you put out a tweet, as a joke, clearly, that I am on my way to Newcastle to sign a four-year contract. And everyone yeah. just went, what? What's going on? Yeah, yeah. That was quite funny. I think I was... I don't know. I was uh, in a waiting room waiting for a blood test or something. And then I saw 
I was looking at my phone and I saw another player signing for Newcastle. And I was like, what the hell? They're taking all those French guys. Like, what's that? Is that going to be a French team or what? And uh, yeah, I don't know. I did to tweet something. But again, I wanted to see how the press would react to that because it's, I don't know. Again, I'm, I don't want to be harsh on the press, but I know some, sometimes I don't know. I don't like the way they, they deal with things. So yeah, it was a a little way to test them and, and see how quick they can get the news up there without verifying really, because no one asked me, you know, they, they could ask me or they could, I don't know, try to find out if it's, if it's true before putting, putting it up there. But it's like, everyone wants to be first. So you see all the news like boom, going everywhere. And then you had the, uh, the guy who was dealing for the press for reading. And he called me like, literally like three minutes after. So Jimmy, what's going on? Like, this one thing you're going to uh, Newcastle, etc. I said, I don't come down. It was a joke. He said, yeah, but you can't say stuff like that. You have to, you have to uh, say something now. And I said, no, I'll wait a couple of minutes. Don't worry, and I'll put something. He said, okay, but you do it, you do it. <laughs> and then I waited like five minutes and then I put something else <laughs> just to say it was a joke. But yeah, I quickly, I quickly went uh, to TV. It was, like, man, it was crazy. I, mean, I did something to me. So later I'm on TV going to Newcastle. <laughs> That's quite funny. And yeah. I remember I had, I had a Newcastle shirt as well. I swapped with someone before. And uh, the day later, uh, after training, we were eating at the canteen. It was full. Everyone was there. You're on glad, everyone, uh, the staff, etc. And then uh, when I left the canteen, I said, hey, hey, everyone. And then everyone's looking at me. Like, what the hell is he saying? I took, my, <laughs> I took my jumper off and I had a Newcastle shirt on. I'm like, yeah, well, I'm off to Newcastle, as you know, so <laughs> see you later. We should be <laughs> good luck. I just left. <laughs> yeah, it was just on the floor. <laughs> that's so funny. Uh, but yeah, yeah that, that tweet was quite funny. <laughs> yeah, you must have, I think you're on Sky Sports News on the banner below at the bottom yeah. <laughs> within about 90 seconds. What, what's happening here? Yeah, it was funny. So I have to check now before putting something on the news, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. So. So moving on to something that wasn't quite as much fun for you, Everton away, you get a bad injury there, which then kind of leaves you out for a, a long time, for six months or so. Yeah. How do you deal with that kind of long-term injury? Uh, I saw it's the same. I mean, it's hard at the time when it happens. And then you know that there's not much you can do. So now it's all about recovering quickly. And uh, I mean, that... That was not as bad. I mean, some some players, you see, they broke their leg. I mean, you see Jim Kalkan's story about his uncle. And I mean, this is, it could be worse. So I guess this is, always how you see things, you could always think it could be worse. And then you just get on with it because you know you're going to come back. Some some players, they don't come back. I mean, you see Chris Armstrong, for example, such a good guy as well. And he could not come back. So some some, some injuries are bigger than others. You know, there's always worse in life. So you just, at the time, obviously you pissed off, etc. You're disappointed, you everything you want. But then the next day, you're just, okay, well, what's my treatment and how quick can I come back? And again, we had like great physio, great, great physio, you know, very, very close to every player, etc. They're, they're doing their best to, to put you back there quickly. And that's why I said when I said we had a great team, I'm not, when we got promoted, I'm not just talking about the players. 
I'm thinking about the staff, the, the kit man. Remember Selby, it was so funny, this guy. Um, the girls in the office, you know, that's the one that deals with everything as well. And, you know, even the, the guy who's fixing stuff in the training ground, because at the, at the time, the training ground was uh, like Bengalos. Uh, not Bengalos, but more like a container and stuff like that. But it was fine for us. I mean, I love the training ground over there. But the guy was fixing stuff. He was great as well. So, you know, it's all that team. When I say team, it's, it's everyone. And, uh, yeah, I think, like, they left. Everyone left quite quickly after I left as well. So, I mean, uh, yeah, it's, it's not the same anymore. But, yeah, at the time, we managed to keep that team together for quite some time. And that was great. Great feeling. You know, you go to work every day and you just you don't feel like work, obviously. You play football anyway, so it's like, yeah, it's not, it's a different work, but it's still a work. And yeah, when you, when you are around these people, you're just looking forward every day to go to training. So, that yeah, I don't remember what, sorry? There must be big pressure though, being a player though, having that expectancy, because as in a job, you just kind of, it's an office job or that, but you're so in the public eye. Yeah, yeah. And everyone deals with pressure differently as well. I think right now is what's good is you have some um, like a mental coach as well, more and more for sportsman. And I think at the time that will have helped more players as well, including myself. Because I think why I could be very good and sometimes not that good is I was asked, I was um, like, I knew people who expect a lot of things from me and I didn't want to disappoint. So this is where, when you're very good, you're like, oh, now they expect me to be that good all the time, or even the manager, etc. And then you're like, oh, what if I'm not as good? And then when you start thinking like that, this is where you're not as good. You know what I mean? Because in your head, you're not right. And then this is why, you know, Akaya was like up and down, kind of, because of more like mental, like, I don't know, thinking, oh, what people think of me, et cetera, rather than just focusing on my game and saying, like, you know what, do what you can. And then that's what you can do. It's all you can do. Rather than thinking, oh, now I've been great, so now they expect this from me. I need to do the same. I need to be the same, et cetera. And then when you don't play the same, you start questioning yourself a lot more. So, yeah, I think those, like, a mental coach stuff is, is very interesting for our sportsman, definitely. It's, it's something new that not everyone uses anyway, but... I started using a little bit more and more. I think it's, it's interesting. It's interesting because, you know, you don't, you don't really talk, you know, when things don't go your way, etc. You don't really talk, you know, even with the manager. You, you need, I mean, it depends. Some players, they're closer to manager. Me, I was very close to Brian, for example, but because I also feel we, don't, we didn't really need to talk that much. We just understand each other without really talking. That was a good thing. You know, he, I, I, I trusted him and I knew he trusted me. So then, here we go. You can go and play and you don't, you don't have to talk that much. But when you need to talk, then, yeah, sometimes it's, it's difficult because you don't have people to talk to. You just, you know, football is it's a individual game as well. You know, it's, it's a team game, but it's really about yourself as well and performing, etc. And, yeah, sometimes you... You can talk to people, etc., but it's harder. But yeah, so I think those mental coaches and stuff is interesting for the future. 
Yeah, no, definitely. As a fan, there's, you know, there's lots of people who think, look at players and think, oh, they're being well played, they're being this, they have no pressure. Yeah. It doesn't yeah, no, that's that's really not how it works. Yeah, definitely. But yeah, you understand the fans anyway. You know, you win, you win the game, and you're the best player. And you win, you lose the last game, and you're like, look at him, he's so rubbish. Well, last year, uh, last game, you say he was great. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, I'm I'm talking to my uh, my father-in-law is a reading fan as well. Yeah, yeah, it's funny because he's got that group of uh, of fans as well. They they call the cottages. Yeah. And uh, it's a little group of fans, like, and they they follow every game. So it gives me a lot of news about the the team all the time. You know how they perform, etc. And sometimes I tell him, well, you know, if you say something, someone is rubbish. You say, wait, you told me he scored three goals and he was a great player last week, and all of a sudden he's rubbish. Yeah, like stop being like, be a fan, like support your team, like you know, stop complaining when you lose and be happy when you win. And uh, now they they're quite supportive, to be fair. They are great guys and they love yeah, the team. Having an ex-player like you, having to say that to him, he must be uh, kind of like, all right, you actually do know. <laughs> it's kind of like, <laughs> yeah. thanks, people. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of funny, yeah. So you, then you go on to, obviously, Nigel Atkins come in during that period. And how did you kind of like get on with him? Because obviously he was the last manager that you had at Reading Football Club. Yeah, I didn't play much at all for him, I think. No. Yeah. And uh, I don't know if you heard the story about the radio. Yeah. No, you tell me that. No. Okay. I'm sorry. Sorry. Uh, yeah. So at Kings, I was injured when he took the team. Uh, so it took me a while to come back. And then uh, I remember one week uh, we were playing a, a cup game. So I was injured and I came back, uh, I don't know, I trained for maybe four or five days. And I was feeling good. Yeah. Great. We need to play. You know, when you're injured and you come back on the pitch, the first thing you want to do is play. And usually you use those cup games as well to get more time. So I remember it was maybe on a Wednesday or Thursday. I spoke to the physio and, and said, did you speak to Nigel and tell him that I'm ready? Say, yeah, yeah, don't worry. He knows you've been training anyway. Yeah, but he, you know, to make sure he knows that I'm ready. So I, I wanted to make sure I play this weekend. He said, yeah, don't worry about it. And then I went to see Atkins anyway. And on the Wednesday or Thursday, and I said, do you know that I'm ready to play? He said, yeah, you've been training. He said, yeah, yeah, I'm ready, I'm going to play, etc. So I put this in his head, so he knows I'm going to play and I'm ready. Then you get to Friday and I don't get picked up. All right, not even to go on a bench, nothing. All right, so no problem. I go to my, my father-in-law for the weekend and uh, he listened to the game on the radio. And before that, uh, the two guys were talking, I don't remember their name, Jonas, and they say, oh, where's Jimmy Kebe? Uh, Jimmy Kebe, if you can hear us, uh, give us a call. <laughs> yeah, you don't tell me this twice. I pick up the phone. <laughs> I call him. Um, when, I say, when I say I'm on the phone, they were like, what the hell? Are you joking? Or what? <laughs> like, they cannot believe that I'm on the phone with them. And I say, well, you just say, if I hear you, I call you. So here we go. So I said, so then I went on radio live straight, um, two minutes later. And they say, yeah. Um, so we have no news, etc. Now, Art King said you're injured. I said, well, I'm not. I just said, what do you mean? I said, well, I've been training, fine. I spoke to him and I said, I'm ready to play. And he didn't pick me up. So the, then it, it was a little bit awkward because he clearly said that I was injured when I wasn't. But I don't know why he said that. But I wanted to make things clear again that you know, I'm ready to play. So right now I'm just doing nothing because he wants me to do nothing. But I could have played. 
And uh, this game, they get smashed. Like they lost, I think, 4-0 or something like that. <laughs> so you can, and then you hear the story about the video, uh, the, the radio. So yeah, that didn't go too well. But uh, <laughs> it was funny, the video, uh, the, the, the radio thing. But uh, yeah, again, uh, I don't know. Then it, I think it was towards the end of the season and I never left the club anyway. I didn't really want to go anywhere. But yeah, when Crystal Palace come around and you think, well, if you stay in Premier League, it's, it's, it's better, I guess. And uh, yeah, that's the kind of decision where you, again, you don't really want to leave because, you know, you feel good about the club, etc. But at the same time, uh, you have to, to look for your career as well and, and see what's the best for you. So yeah, I think at the time, it would have been good if I go. And if I knew now, I would have stayed. <laughs> but, yeah, <laughs> yeah, Crystal Palace didn't quite work out for you there, did it? Yeah, really? no, yeah. I mean, uh, we, we, we're not going to talk much about them, but <laughs> to tell you a little story, like you're going to say, you're going to see what kind of club it is. Um, so when I turned up there to sign my contract, uh, I was about to sign, and the manager came in and said, like, oh, you're ready for Saturday, etc." exciting i said well, what do you mean because i was injured <laughs> before that so i just came back from injury and he didn't know so then he came it was a bit awkward because like i was about to sign the manager thought i would play in two days when i can't really play because i'm not ready so then like okay but straight away i thought well if they've been following me surely they know that i've been injured like i mean <laughs> they about to pay a couple millions for me you know you better to know if i'm a, if I'm okay to play or not, anyway. And they say, oh, you know, um, come tomorrow and do a test. So at this time, I didn't sign. So I went to the hotel, ready for next day. And then I was thinking, oh, now it's a problem because if I don't sign for Palace, it's going to come up as, oh, I missed the, um, the medical, which I didn't. You know, I was fine. It's just that because they, they expect me to play uh, quicker, quicker etc. And then so I was thinking, oh, that would be a problem then if I if I go back. But anyway, I did that test. I remember it was like a beep test, you know, like a physical test. And I don't know, let's say I needed to go from one point to another in like 15 seconds. I was doing it in nine seconds. I'm not even joking. I was so fast to do that test. At some point, I was I could not see any anymore. <laughs> this is this is that tired I was. But again, I knew that I all I needed to do is match that test that last like. 15, 20 minutes, and then I got my contract anyway. And yeah, that's what I did. I did a few tests, and it was on a Friday. And then I speak to my agent, and I was like, okay, what's going on then? I signed or I don't sign? And he said, well, I don't really know. It's okay. I went back home. Then I, I watched the game. Christopolis, they won, and they interviewed at the end of the game the manager. And they said, oh, did you bring any new players, etc." So then he spoke about some names, and he said, Jimmy Kebe. This is how I found out that I signed for the club. I mean, it's quite funny. So, yeah, I mean, there's lots of story about Crystal Palace, but whatever, it's, it's what it is. That, you know, it's, every club has different way to deal with their players. I didn't like the way they dealt with me, but it's what it is. You know, you make choices anyway, and then what happened, happened. So, yeah, sometimes you're like, hey, yeah, I made great choices. Sometimes you're like, well, not so good, but uh, you can't change the past. But, uh, definitely not, no. yeah, but yeah, reading was a, uh, was definitely the best uh, the best uh, time
Yeah, you obviously you had Leeds yeah. and you had Real Mallorca. Well, you didn't even play for Real Mallorca, did you? But there was uh, Real Yeah, Mallorca. no. Yeah. But again, then when you get to that circle where you don't really know if you're going to play anymore or not, you know, you should be fed up about it. Because again, football, it's not... You have to be motivated to play football because it's a hard game as well. You know, it's not just easy game. You know, you have to perform when you play. So you have to have that motivation. But then when you lose that motivation then it's not about money. It's, you know, I'm like, if I don't play anymore, I just, I just don't play. So when you try to convince yourself though, because people talk about you say, oh, you should go and play. You, you're still young, etc. So yeah, okay, maybe I should play. But then deep down, you know that you will be fed up with it. So you're like, oh, well, it doesn't work. I just, I just stop. I'm done. I'm not this kind of player. I just try and try and try. I'm like, if I'm just if I don't have the passion anymore, I just I just don't play anymore. So that's what happened. I mean, you know, I had a good career, I had a good time in reading. This is what I remember. This is the most important thing. And then the rest is uh the past is the past. You're totally a Redden legend, Jimmy. There's absolutely <laughs> no doubt on that. Um, <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, totally. Um people when they hear listen to this podcast, they'll just be transfixed by listening to you. No, it's good. It's good. I mean, yeah. I mean, as I said, I uh, I follow uh, I follow the team through my uh, my father-in-law because he you know gave me some feedback uh, etc. And uh, I know it's not been easy for them uh, last couple of years. I think uh, they lost a little bit their identity the way they played as well because we used to be a team where you know quick wingers, strong strikers, put the ball in the box, you know, put the ball behind and run etc. And then they started to play. F- Football, football, you know, when fancy football, when you pass the ball around. And I mean, he worked with, uh, who was the manager when they play, they lost in the playoff? Yeah. yeah. I mean, that, that season they did was amazing. Mm. And then not so much. But then it takes time, I think, to move to another, again, type of football that they want to play. And it looks like now they, they're, doing a, they're doing okay. They've been winning like a few games uh, straight away from the beginning. And, and again, fans like players you want to have something to look for and the last few seasons it was like oh you can't play the playoff and you like you're not really relegated you know you you're not safe but you know it's okay if you win one or two games out of seven games you'll be okay so again it's it's not great to look forward for a player or for a fan you know it's like boring again and then you start the new season and you, they start losing again straight away. And you're like, oh, it's, it's going to be another season like that way. We don't play for nothing. We don't go down, but we do nothing. So this season seems to be excited now because we're just winning games and games after games. And that gives them some confidence, etc. And, you know, that's... Then to get back to the reading where I knew where they had to play for, you know, people, they hated playing reading. I mean, I remember they were telling us they hated. Yeah. I mean, I had... I had uh, uh, some um, defenders, they would say, they will tell me in the middle of the game, can you stop running? <laughs> <laughs> and when he was, and when he would, he would tell me that, I would think he's mad to tell me that because now I'm going to ring twice more. <laughs> you know, he was telling me, you want me to stop running? You don't. <laughs> and, and yeah, we were like very hard to play against. You know, so yeah, then he took it back to that, and it looks like uh, now maybe the time. It takes a couple of years to you know. Change, change the way they want to play, but it looks like uh, they're good players to play the, the, the way they want to play. So it's interesting. 
let's see. Let's see what they do. You live in hope, Jimmy, as a Reading fan. <laughs> we live in hope. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hope. It has been yeah, a good sure. start, but now you've moved into the world of poker. And tell us about how that, how you feel about that kind of compared to playing sport. Yeah, well, I don't play too much <laughs> either. You know, I played, yeah, I played some when I stopped and then not so much. I was more doing like some property stuff, etc. But yeah, again, as I said, poker is, is very interesting. If you, if you tell poker to someone who just knows how to play quickly, they would think it's gambling, but they actually like a lot of strategy, etc. It's, it's a hard game to study. And um yeah, when I started playing, it's very interesting because again, it brings you that competition where you want to beat, you want to beat your opponent. You know, you sit down on the table and you want, okay, I want to be the best, I want to beat you, etc. You want to figure out why they think the way they think, etc. And again, there's a lot of strategy and you you have to prepare your game. So it's similar to football in a way where, as I said before, you have to eat well. You know, to 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 be able to stay in a focus for like 10, 12 hours at, at the table. You to make sure you eat well, you sleep well, you know, you you fit, etc. You go to the gym, that, and uh, yeah, that, that preparation thing it was a uh, was interesting. You know, for example, when you play against a team, uh, you uh, study uh, who plays. You know, I remember in reading, I was watching who's going to be the, the left back, how how he defend, what is weak next, etc. And uh, in poker, yeah, you can do uh, similar things, and. Uh, yeah, I think it's, it's interesting. As I said, it's not sports like football, but it's something close where you see that competition again, and that's quite exciting. So, yeah, we'll see uh, where it goes, but uh, still thing to look forward for the future. Yeah. yeah, that kind of slight buzz of adrenaline off it that maybe yeah. you kind of miss after coming out of football. Yeah, yeah, definitely, yeah. But, yeah, the only difference is more individual. You know, it's not like a, you have a team or you have fans and stuff like that, like pushing you. So, uh, but uh, yeah, it's interesting game. Okay, yeah. The other thing that maybe people don't know is the January where before they took uh, Roberts, before, before the switch happened between the Anton, etc. Remember, I was negotiating my contract with uh, Reading. And he went back and forth, back and forth, and we couldn't agree on uh, anything. And so that January was it 2011. Yeah. Yeah. I remember I spoke to West Ham. Actually, this is quite funny. Wow. Yeah, I went. I went to see uh, Aladjaz, Al- Sam Aladjaz. Yeah. 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 I, uh, his hotel, and uh, we had a little chat, etc. And uh, yeah, I was I was about to leave the club, and which I didn't want to. I mean, I made myself clear. Even in the news, I think I had, I had an interview because where Nick Hammond was saying, oh, we offered Jimmy like very good contract, but he turned it down. And then I had to step up and say, look, what's good for you is not necessarily good for me, you know? And um, yeah, I remember I tried to speak to them a like, lot of time because it's hard to play well, like being right mindset when your contract is not sorted. Again, that's things that fans, they don't see that. But when you, when you have six months left, one year left, you start thinking about the future, what happened if, what happened if, if you, you know, you break your leg and then, etc. And uh, yeah, I remember at the time, went back and forth with the, with the club, couldn't agree anything. And remember after one game, I don't really remember what game it was, 
but it was like toward the end of December, maybe Blackpool away or something like that. I received a bad tackle and my knee was quite big coming back home in the bus, like swollen. I had a few problems with my knee, but I was able to manage. But again, this is where you think, oh, you know, I've got six months left. If this guy broke my leg right now, my guy would be over. So, you know, you feel like, okay, you, like you've done, you know, quite a lot for the club, etc., and you don't see any reward yet. And started questioning them, etc. Remember, I texted my Brian and I said, look, uh, I've been talking to the club, you know, you know the situation and it's not sorted and it's hard for me to, you know, be 100% to play, etc. Now I'm going to have to look for myself. You know, maybe I'll have to leave because it's not sorted and I need to uh, think about my future, etc. And it's not something you do normally, you know, texting the manager or something like that. It's, it's not something you, you hear very often. But again, the relationship I have with Brian, I could tell him anything, how I feel, etc. And I know I can tell him anything. So I remember one day he called me, uh, it was a weekend or maybe on a Sunday or something like that, and asked me to come to Majeski and talk to me. Again, which was unusual. There's no training, there's nothing. But, and yeah, he said like, he's, it's try to push, etc. And, and you don't, you don't even talk with the manager about contract because you talk with the sport director, which was uh, Nick Hammond. But uh, yeah, at, at this time, he's even came up with numbers. <laughs> I mean, okay. that's quite funny. Advanced, yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like a little piece of paper and say, look, I fought for you, you know, try to, you know, speak to them, etc. because you know how much you want, to, I want you to stay, etc. And, you know, and... But then I was still telling him, well, I can't sign this because I have better, because I knew I had West Ham and I have better. So then it was very hard for me at this time because I didn't want to leave at all. But again, it's, you have to look for your future and, you know. So, and uh, yeah, one day I was playing poker as well, New Weekend in London. So that was probably mid-January. So again, I was... Talking to a few clubs, but not willing to go. So I was seeing if do I stay in reading, do I go? And I got and one guy talked to me and say, I'm the son of the agent of Anton. Then I said, Who is Anton? <laughs> and he said, Oh, Anton is the is the guy who's gonna buy the club. And my dad wants to speak to you. So I'm like, wait a minute, this guy is talking to things about things that I don't even know. Like, what is he talking about? Like, and I was okay, well, let's talk. So he brings me to that hotel. I'm speaking to a guy that I've never seen before. And he explained that he's the guy doing the deal with uh, uh, the chairman and Anton. I'm like, okay. And he said, yeah, Anton wants you to stay. So what do you want? <laughs> it's like a movie. <laughs> so yeah, we start talking. I say, yeah, well, this is this is what I want, etc. Say okay. Uh, then that's it. And then, uh, well, a week later or something like that, I signed for I signed a new contract, <laughs> which you know, close to what I wanted. <laughs> so again, that's very very unusual to you know things how they work out. But uh, yeah, that that story was quite funny as a. I mean, like you know, Brian trying to fight for me on the one side, and 
And yeah, I end up, I end up signing a new contract. And then boom, six months later, we're up. So again, you see like football is just sometimes boom, boom, boom. Everything happened at once, you know. Six months before that, you're like, oh, I've got six months yes, uh, left on my contract. Uh, I don't know what I'm doing. Do I go? Do I stay, et cetera. And then six months later, you already signed a new contract. You promoted and everything is flying. Just in there. Amazing. Absolute pleasure speaking to you today. Jim. Yeah, it was, really it was good. Thank you very much. Being absolutely good. amazing. I'm sure people are going to love listening to it. I just want to thank you for your time. Thank you very yeah, much. Yeah, no problem. Thank you very much.